I don't know why I was holding my hands up. <laughs> You're just ready for it. Yeah. Apparently I was too, because I clapped way too early. Uh, mm-hmm. Too many times, but oh well. I'm sorry, Murph. That'll... I just rewatched that um, whiplash scene, not my tempo. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. And there's the part where he's like trying to get him to start, and like Miles like starts early. He's like, oh, wait for it. Wait for it. I'm going to hurl a chair at you, Greg. <laughs> Through Discord. That's freaky, man. Yeah. Start slapping your face. Am I rushing? Am I dragging? Anytime my audio levels just aren't exactly perfect. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think of the movie? Holy shit. Um, I did not know what to expect. Wow. You, uh... <laughs> it's probably the second time. Yeah. This was a wild one. We had to start up top, like, with Microwave Massacre with an apology to people who watched this. Yeah, like, hey, I'm this so is a sorry. I no, really no, 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 don't be sorry. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. I'm just, um, you know, <laughs> saying what I'm supposed to say because I picked a really rapey movie. So welcome to to um, Weekly Podcast Massacre. I am Kill, and with me are my lovely co-host. I'm hosting today. I'm Greg Anderson from Los Angeles. I'm Michael Murphy from cloudy Portland, but everyone calls me Murphy. Cool. Cool, man. Yeah, we're all clearly rearing to get into this because this is a there's yeah. a lot to talk about with our with today's movie. Um, shivers. Shivers. Yeah. AKA it's Invasion hot, of the Blood Parasites. Steamy. AKA Orgy of the Blood Parasites. AKA the Parasite Murders. AKA They Came From Within. Ooh, all great titles for this, honestly, I'd say. I like They Came From Within. That's a good and one. Came has to be like in a different font. That's like <laughs> white, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, slap that on a poster. Sure. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so today's pick is Shivers, the our, th- our third movie for Assimilation August. We're already three-fourths of the way in. Went by so fast. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, well, and today... I I just want to jump right in, man. Yeah, give the synopsis of this. Let's go. All Let's right. go right into it. So, we open with an advertisement for Starliner Towers. It's this like fancy state-of-the-art, um, I guess, apartment complex or condos, maybe. Yeah. I don't really know. But It's an island. It's your whole on island. your own island. Mm-hmm. Like 40 minutes from Montreal, I think it says. Yeah. It reminded me of the like VHS tapes you would get back in the day for like Disney resorts or vacations. Like You would watch this advertisement for something that like oh you could be part of this right you could live here yeah I don't your new this. home those kind of things yeah mm-hmm. it also reminded me too just this entire building and again um i think i said this on the lift episode as well but it reminds me of the building from gremlins 2 where it's just got a bit of everything like this is an apartment complex with a live-in doctor which <laughs> yeah. is something i've never heard of <laughs> like that is so weird it's got it its own golf course it's got yeah. tennis mm-hmm. it's got everything you could ever want it's like yeah. Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> In more ways than we might we might know, actually. Yeah. More like Little St. James. <laughs> so <gonna> a... <laughs> this next scene. Oh boy. The uh this next scene is rather traumatizing. It's a uh this dude breaking into an apartment, then he beats and strangles a teenager. Yeah. She's in like a schoolgirl kind of outfit there. Then mm-hmm. he cuts her open. And, like, pours acid on her or something. And then 
slits his own throat. Uh, you forgot he tapes. He puts tape over her mouth. Yeah, I think that's in a very important part. Yeah, like, that's at, true. At first, we're like, "Oh, what's what's going on?" We, he already strangled her. Right. It's not like she's going to be screaming more. This is about five minutes into the movie, and um, mm-hmm. to set things up a little more, I don't think we said this is a David Cronenberg movie. Um, a very, I think, his third yes. movie. And um, I love David Cronenberg. I have seen a good number of his movies before. Uh, we can talk later about like, our favorites and stuff once we get through the plot, maybe. But like, uh, I I was excited to watch this because of that. I put this on right after work to give a little context for how I saw it. I came back. I had some Taco Bell. I had a you know a movie enhancing supplement, maybe. And then within five minutes, we get this horrific scene of violence, and I immediately lost my appetite and was like, "Ooh, okay, I I am in for something." pretty crazy here and um the way it's done is really shocking and cool that scene literally just like is dropped into almost the middle of a conversation between other people who are kind of looking to move into this apartment complex and then bam cut to this horrific scene of violence and nudity and self-surgery and suicide it's uh it's quite a shocker it is one of the most effective ways i've seen to like shock an audience yeah yeah so when the bodies are discovered some dude is surprised to discover that the dead man is some a doctor, Dr. Hobbs. Um, I guess he was a, a professor of his at some point. He looked up somebody else that he knows, some other person that he knows, this Linsky. I'm just using last names because that's all I wrote down. Um, I think that's Rollo, right? He's my favorite character in this. Yeah. Got the, gl- yeah, I got the glasses and the deep voice. Yeah, he's cool. So these two had been working on some like new breed of parasite that can replace failed organs inside of the human body, which seems pretty cool. Um, But instead this Hobbes dude uh, made the parasite part aphrodisiac, part social disease. So he thought it would help mankind um, get more in touch with their basic primal feelings. The sixties just weren't enough, man. Yeah. I guess not. true free love wasn't doing it anymore time of free love has passed this guy wanted forced love apparently yeah yeah Hmm. well he used annabelle to make this i think it was like to make the first one or something so he um yeah uses her to do that and she was apparently sleeping with a bunch of other people in the building so pretty soon it's like everybody has it not everybody but a lot of people have it and um the degenerate sex fiends are attacking people so then (laughs) three people we have also nurse forsyth rollo and saint luke the doctor is it um it was his name uh roger Roger. right yeah yeah roger um and then yeah nurse forsyth say real quick i thought the nurse was already infected with how horny she was already acting towards the doctor. <laughs> they definitely play with your like um, expectations with that because he's like getting the news of like stay away from people who are like weirdly horny as she's like stripping in Giving front of him. Yeah, <laughs> weird sexual energy as she kisses uh, his neck and starts yep. yeah changing and like, from her nurse outfit. So desperate for this dude, just like come over, I'll make you dinner. It's all all this stuff. Yeah, there's no more appointments today. All I'm going things. to make you a gigantic pot roast in like 30 <laughs> minutes so romantic it was the it was so insane the size of that pot roast i had pot roast recently it's pretty good anyway 
So as the uh, the building or whatever is is overrun with these degenerate sex fiends, uh, they're trying to find an antidote. But um, then the focus becomes more just trying to survive. Yeah, it really does turn into like uh, it reminded me a lot of Night of the Living Dead. Once you have like a roving army of mm -hmm. sex maniacs bursting through walls and breaking down doors to attack people. Um, yeah. And yeah. there's a big pool scene too. Oh, that pool scene's so good. I feel yeah. it, it, yeah, towards the end. I feel that it, it kind of relates to the other two movies that we've covered and the fact that if we, it, going over this beat by beat mm -hmm. is so much because it's just so many, so many things happen. There's a lot of characters within. Uh, I, I couldn't, yeah, remember yeah, hardly a lot of, a lot of name. characters and they're not really well defined. Um, I find it's mm -hmm. kind of true. It's it's got this thing where, uh, like I said, I've loved David Cronenberg, but sometimes his lead characters can be a little thin. Like he mostly kind of uses them as like plot, not mostly, but he can sometimes just use them, kind of move you through a plot, which is very much how Paul or not so Paul Roger is in this, where you don't know a lot about him besides he's the the hotels or the um, apartments doctor, and it's mostly just him investigating things, and, like, we know he's sleeping with Nurse Forsyth, but other than that, we don't know anything about this guy, or, like, really anyone else in the building that much, you know? He doesn't really have a doctor look, either, no. to me. He seems more like a SoCal surfer dude. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's like just how... the way his blonde hair is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. The style back then. Weird Canadian vibe throughout this whole thing, too. Uh, he's just, just, like, an odd Canadian-looking dude. I don't know. I, I thought, thought everybody was fucking weird. Businessman. Yeah, yeah, the businessman that had the weird stomach um Oh yeah things. He's the one that vomited over the the patio. That was yeah. a fun scene. I think he's my favorite performance in the movie. Uh he's really good. He's so weird looking. He's, yeah, he's very strange. distinct. Yeah. They, that's perfect casting for him because he's like the one that discovers the bodies first and he just doesn't have a reaction to it. Like the doctor and the um and a teenage girl in the beginning. And just from right then, you're like, oh, this dude's fucking weird. He's a creep. And that just persists throughout the whole thing until he's vomiting parasites and then, like, birthing new ones out of his stomach, you know, <laughs> out of a giant hole in his stomach. It's awesome. Trying to force his wife to have sex with him because yes. they're married. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. So that's the thing. This movie's really thin on characters, but I think it was just the general premise and how things play out. Like, Cronenberg always feels like he's saying something extremely, like, Pro, not prof maybe profound is the wrong word, but like he he's got so many crazy deep ideas that he communicates with his horror, even without characters that are like you know thinly drawn and kind of just like cardboard cutouts. Like there's a lot to take away from this movie and what to think about amongst the violence and shit. I think for the most part, most of his movies have a core element that the horror in it is something that we're we're all a part of. Oh yeah, that's um, a good way to put it. You know. Thinking about you know, like Friday the not yeah Friday the Thirteenth like not all everyone's a horny teenager gonna go into the you know woods so you don't have to worry about that Videodrome like everyone watches TV pretty much yeah uh, Shivers everyone every most people like sex and so it's it's a whole thing to be scared about yeah I mean we're all well, I in guess these... we didn't really yeah get into it, is that it's these little small turd looking slugs. <laughs> that uh, live inside of us and then can basically spread through... It looks like just kissing is right. the big thing, but like any type of sexual act, I'm sure if 
if I yeah had sex with an infected woman, then I become infected. Would you rather be a slug assimilation assimilator, or would you rather be like a plant type thing, like in Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Ooh, you know what? We'll save this for the masses. We'll save that question for the end of the month. We can do we can award best assimilator. Somebody write it down because I'm gonna forget. Yeah, I'll write that down right now. I already forgot. It's, it's a good call. I think. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I guess the the question I have to think about with it is that it didn't seem like the pod people were having sex. So now just sleeping next to it next to pods. Yeah. Right, Shivers already has that going for it, that I mean, at least you're getting laid. <laughs> Puppet Masters has the little, like, tentacle thing going in the back of your neck. Who knows how that feels, though. That's yeah. true. And the fact that you're, you know, going to plug into the one... Yeah, that's true. ...member. I don't know how to how to describe it. It's like, that's sexual, in a way. Yeah, yeah. And plus they jack your body full of adrenaline. I don't know, it sounds kind of fun. I was going to say, that is strange with this movie where it's like the sexual acts aren't necessary. Like, they can't just vomit a slug at you. But they talk about how this thing is like, you already mentioned, part aphrodisiac. So it's like, even if the sexual stuff's not necessary, it is like, at, you know, that is their main goal still. It's really freaky. Because uh, it's not exactly like part of the assimilation process, but they want to do it anyway. It's, it's yeah. It's like a byproduct of the parasite. So it was one of the, they talk about it in the in the movie that it is something that we have used in the past. Uh, so there's this whole idea that we grew up or we evolved with parasites for you know millions of years, and that we became cleaner as a species and started losing some of these parasites, and that's where a lot of our like seasonal allergies come from. Well, and there are people who will even get I think. I think it's ringworm. I think if yep, you go ringworm. and get ringworm, yeah. There's a Radiolab episode about this. Did you hear that one? Yeah. Yeah, it's Yeah, a good I think one. It's, it's the British guy who went to Africa and then walked around the bathrooms barefoot of African tribes, got to get ringworm, and then lost his, like, springtime allergies. Yep, and you can now buy he has ringworm. you can buy his ringworm because he like collects and cleans like sterilizes the ringworms that come out of him, and you can buy them on the internet, and you can Whoa. cure your allergies. I think it was uh, allergies and autoimmune some autoimmune diseases. I believe I could be wrong about the autoimmune thing, but I seem to remember that. That's a good episode. You should listen to it. Well, I just come. I just I just purchased a ringworm right now at this moment. Right. Like, how far are you going to go to not have to sneeze? Well, some of them are. Some allergies are pretty de- debilitating. And, like, autoimmune diseases are awful. Well, hey, you know what? Dr. Hobbs had a point, maybe. <laughs> Again, yeah, like, this is based on some kind of, of, of real-life thing. Yeah. And that, I mean, one, it's horrific that, like, any of us could be stricken down with a parasite. And, again, the other way, we're all, for the most part, generally sexual creatures. So to be ramped up to a thousand is is pretty frightening. This is an aspect of, of a lot of Cronenberg movies. That I think this one distills a lot, but his kind of view of the human body is just like this strange mix of like machinery and like thought and feeling, but that like mechanical part of us can be manipulated and changed in ways that affect us. You know, it's it's just really um, it's oddly like dehumanizing, but also just like. Yeah, we're, you know, these weird fucked up crazy animals that we can 
kind of manipulate this way and make us hornier and crazier and we lose all reason and thought it's yeah it's really it's really strange and it really fits in well with the rest of our assimilation movies that you know um we talked about with uh invasion of the body snatchers but like they're still people they're just like altered slightly to become these really strange zombie-like rape monsters yeah i guess we we got the the main business guy like he seemed to be somewhat himself or at least enough to be able to pass so it wasn't like you're completely different yeah and then at the end um a little bit of a you know we're going through the plot a little bit still we cover i mean there's so a lot happens in this movie but it's also like it moves pretty quickly again yeah it would it would take so long to do it beat by beat again there's so many characters yeah nurse For- uh nurse forsyth eventually gets a parasite in her and she's able to give a really long monologue about eroticism <laughs> uh right yeah she had a dream yes that's right that's my favorite part of the movie did you recognize her from her other actings the nurse um lynn lowry i don't think so no she was in the crazies oh i've never seen the crazies i own it now i just oh. bought it from i just uh bought it off our our mutual friend blood actually he just sold me that so I'm going to be watching it soon. Yeah. I actually prefer the remake of The Crazies to the original Crazies. That's what I hear. I hear that the remake is generally considered the better one. Um, I gotta oh, watch I didn't know if I, I was going to be seen the remake. Yeah, I, I do really like that remake. Uh, Timoth- Timmy Oliphant. Oh, really? Ooh, Boy can act. Yeah. He's awesome. Um, I did recognize, uh, is her name Betts, the character? It's Barbara Steele, who is... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, a veteran of a lot, a lot of horror movies, um, and a few, a few of my favorite giallos. She's great, and uh, that scene of her in the bathtub getting assimilated. <laughs> I wrote down a gross note. This is too gross, Murph. You can cut this out. But um, I said she gets killed by a out of her bathroom drain. That's the only way I can describe that scene. I'm just gonna bleep out everything you said. Like we're gonna keep it in. I'm just gonna not allow anyone to ever hear that perfect you gotta copyright it turn it into a band or something <laughs> i thought you were gonna like we're gonna copyright it and start selling it on adamandeve.com that's you actually that's a really good idea write that one down too greg <laughs> see on the list. again it's i'm just bleeping list. i'm bleeping it so <laughs> no one else one so no one has to hear it too, so no one can steal our ideas no to make millions of dollars. The d- idea. It'll be the it'll be the first official uh, merch we sell for our podcast. It'll be branded with our logo. You know, sometimes people start with shirts, hats, even mm-hmm. koozies, but no, we're going all the way to. D- <laughs> Got to stand out in this market, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Do you want to just talk, so the do you want to going to wrap up our little synopsis with the ending? With how it ends. I actually really liked the ending. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, so the, the we pretty much follow the doctor. He's trying to get away. He's got the nurse. And they have another person. And it's it's all hopeless. And it pretty much ends in the pool. Right at the, the big climactic thing is the... Everyone's chasing the doctor. There's yes. like some parking you know, the nurse lot has stuff. Her thing. Parking garage stuff first. Yeah. And then we go to the pool. And everyone just kind of jumps on him and has a big orgy in the pool great wonderful and he's like finally assimilated by this young girl that walks out in a really disturbing moment and um 
all is lost. And hey, just like the last movie that that Kill picked for our podcast, Slacks, it ends with <laughs> the monster going out and probably taking over the entire world. See, I like that grim shit that the end is yeah. very much in sight. It's great. And then we get a news report of like, you know, uh, countless reports of violent sexual attacks everywhere originating from this one island. Um, and yet the planet is overtaken. These are all the happy endings for Kill. <laughs> but yeah, um, we get this news report that like all is lost and stuff. Uh, oh, shit, what was going to say about that? Um, oh, yeah, then Dr. Hobbs's fantasy of one worldwide mindless orgy is fulfilled, I think. That was his ultimate goal. We like, get that plainly stated. He wants the entire world to be enveloped in a mindless orgy. One giant, hot, sweaty fuck fest. <laughs> is, that, is that one getting Greg liked that too? one. Yeah, no, no, that's that's staying in. Did you guys notice that this was produced by Ivan Reitman? I did. I did see that. Really strange. I didn't know. Uh, yeah, Ghostbusters and so yeah. many other things. But yeah, that was. I uh, mean, I knew he was Canadian, so now that Junior makes a lot with, of sense with too. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I actually didn't know he was Canadian until I, I looked it up after I saw it in the credits. I was like, what does he have to do with this? But yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Did you know that this was the most profitable Canadian film to date in 1975? That is wild. That is really. That is really cool. I thought you were going to say, like, still, to this day. I'm like, (laughs) no way. I should have. I guess it was so controversial that the Parliament of Canada debated its social and artistic value and effect upon society because of the objections to the sexual and violent content. Man, I I mean, I know it. I I did read about how it caused Cronenberg a bit of trouble with getting funding for his next movies. And I think he even got ejected from his apartment because of like a morality clause in his lease or something. But how proud would you morality be if you made a clause. if you Yeah, right? That's that's fucked. Um how proud would you be if you made a movie that was described that way by the Canadian government? That is so badass to me. Like um and I think partly too it was contra- it, I mean uh, it was such a big deal because like a lot of other foreign countries that are not the US, like a lot of films are can be partially funded by like government or federal money because it's like an artistic program. And so that was a big part of this, too, is that, like, they made the claim, yeah, the Canadian taxpayer, you guys paid for shivers. This is what your guys' are, taxes are going to, is this <laughs> filth. Uh, which, hey, I will happily contribute any amount of my money to something like this. Yeah, what if someone came to you and was like, you know, uh, your tax dollars made the room. Are you happy about that? Well, absolutely. Yeah, I would be, I would be so proud that. of that. Yeah. It's like a cultural thing. I don't know. People, people like it. Whatever. If they went to, care. if they went to making Microwave Massacre, I'd be a little upset. You know what? I, I am not going to well, get it, mad. It at. would have. I don't get upset about where my taxes go because I can't do anything about it. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so I would rather it go <laughs> like, because to I the don't room pay than to some of the stuff it's going to now. Very good point. That's the nice thing about the mining corporations in deep space. We don't pay taxes. I am still <laughs> a U.S. citizen, though. So you do. U.S. citizens have to pay taxes no matter where you live. And no matter where you no work. No matter which planet, which galaxy, yep. or interdimensional plane. They'll come after you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about our favorite Cronenbergs. How do you guys think this compares to some of you guys' other ones, others you've seen, at least? What is our favorites, first of all? Let's just I feel like it, it has a similar mood to Rabid. I haven't seen Rabid yet. It's not one I haven't seen. I believe it's on HBO now. Ooh, okay. 
what would you say is your is your number one kill? Let me think about it. If you guys know sure. yours, then it's you... just it's so hard. Yeah, it's so hard to beat the fly. I'm gonna bring like, up I really his IMDb. like a lot of his other ones, <laughs> but the fly is just so superior. I really loved uh, Existence back in the day. Like seeing that on Showtime. <sighs> You know what's horrible is that always I've, one of the best. I have uh, I have owned Existence on DVD for uh, eight years at this point and never watched it. Oh man, I know, and it's, it's horrible. So great. I bought it on when a, a local blockbuster was going to have a sale, and that's so I got it for like three bucks. Um, it was going out of business, I mean, so I got it real cheap. I think my number one. I mean, The Fly is a great pick. I've only seen it once, and it was a while back, but I did really love it. Uh, so aside from the fly, I think I gotta say Videodrome is my favorite. It's the one I've seen the most, definitely. Yeah. I have not seen Videodrome. I I saw parts wow. of it, but I really haven't seen the whole thing. Yeah. It's great. I I really like that one. I I really appreciated the Brood as well. Um, we I like that it with, one too. Yeah, I watched it with some friends. Did you guys? Were you guys in that viewing when I, when we watched the Brood a couple months back? I think so. I was not. Yeah, Blood didn't some, like f- it. I remember but, that. Yeah, Blood did not a few like it. a few people did not like it. They weren't fans, and I was the entire time was like, "Oh, this is good shit." I was really I, yeah, into I it. liked it. Yeah, um, and I watched uh, it again. Since I then. I really love the Beat Generation. So his adaptation of Naked Lunch is insane, and probably the closest anyone could ever come to making a, a real adaptation. That's of still that movie. not. I still would have not seen. Dang, I gotta oh, I gotta so check insane. it out. But this does wait. Is that, where Steely, through, is that where Steely Dan comes from? Yes, yes, that's that book. Great. Um, I forgot he did M Butterfly, which is a really good Ooh. Uh, play that he made the movie of. Yeah, and then I never saw the A Dangerous Method movie that he made, but I always heard really good things about it. Too. Right. Um. Oh, I gotta shout out the Dead Zone too. I love the Dead Zone. I think that's a real, real high quality um, Stephen King adaptation. I think my favorite is um, Scanners. There you go. Scanners is a really good one. I love Scanners. Um, I just watched it again a couple weeks ago, too. Uh, And, I mean, it's got one of the best openings of any movie ever. I love everything about, like... Dead Ringers. uh, Yeah. I watched that with some of our friends as well, and I, I had to reschedule my pap smear. It was supposed to be, like, the next day or something like that. I had no idea what the movie was about. I was like, yeah, let's watch it. it. No, I was like, I need to call and reschedule this right away. (laughs) So I did it. I pushed it, like, two weeks out or something. That's my favorite thing about Cronenberg is that, like, enjoy or not enjoy his movies. Like, they're going to have an effect on you. You know what I mean? It's like, I can't say I enjoyed every second of Shivers. This is a really intense watch. Um, and it's got a really, ins- like a lot of insane graphic content that like shocked me, but it's, that's it. It shocked me. It made me have like, a visceral reaction sitting on my couch. So it's like, I got to respect it. You know what I mean? Even if I didn't fully enjoy the experience of watching it. Can we talk real quick about how Cronenberg also acts and is yeah. not just like, uh, ra- like it r- randomly acts. I, I did not li- I know you like it, Greg, but I do not like Nightbreed. But his, I'm okay with Nightbreed. I'm okay with Nightbreed. It's so Breed, yeah. bizarre. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he's in that movie. That's probably his best performance, too, um, of the ones I've seen from him, at least. Uh, he's great. I think he just really likes uh, supporting Canadian filmmakers because you almost see him pop up in like Canadian projects. 
So I think he just likes sure. lending his his presence to those things. You know, he seems to genuinely and then really just looking care. At yeah, the rest of his uh, filmography, he was in Jason X as Doctor yes. Weimer or Wimmer. Yeah, I, yeah, that's always such a that's a weird one. But I love that he's in there. I don't like that movie, but I love he's in Jason X. Uh, he's in this one again. We watched it with some with I watched it with some of our friends, but um, I don't remember if you guys watched it or not. But I think it's called Blood and Donuts, which is a really really like low budget Canadian like vampire romance and he plays like a mob boss in it and he's fantastic like he's got like two or three weird monologues in that and he, he rules yeah i love i love when he pops i think i started actor. that and couldn't deal with it it's a weird one um that's another one that blood absolutely hated <laughs> but i kind of liked it um do we want to talk about okay do we have quotes that we want to pull from this Unless you just want me to be making sexual noises for like forty-five minutes, I didn't write down any. No, quotes. we could skip that. Oh, there's good stuff to okay. pull down. All right. I thought there's so. Good, there's good quotes I thought to pull. So. It's not that stuff. Yeah, not that stuff though. But um, no, I mean, I really like the nurse's monologue at the end. It's cl- it's like just it's straight out of something like Videodrome, uh, where you have these really long monologues about like eroticism and stuff. Um, just a few pulls from that. Everything is erotic. Everything is sexual. Even old flesh is erotic flesh, which is so close to a video drum line. Um, even dying is an act of eroticism. That to me sums up Cronenberg in general. Like he finds just dying erotic, and he likes to display that through weird moments of body horror and like strange, you know, like you can't you can't get a better distillation of like his philosophy than that. I think I don't know if he actually thinks that way, but it's just, when you watch his movies, you get the sense like he's commenting on that idea in some way all the time do we have other little moments that you want to pick up or pick out then just like little bits of this movie that that stood out to you little weird things well i think we just we barely mentioned it but yeah that whole scene where um after the guy vomits the things up one over the patio one into the tub that it crawls up the drain and into the bathtub of the woman lying in it like yeah, Cronenberg, why you gotta do that? Why you gotta scare me about yeah. taking he, a bath? Uh, oh, that's the other thing Which, I like about another, this movie too. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Reminds me of Ghostbusters two, another type of thing with right. something in a bathtub trying to like eat you. It reminds me of yeah. the stuff coming up, like snakes coming out of your toilet or something like that. I was afraid of that when I was a kid because I think it was on, maybe it was mentioned on Home Improvement or something. I was I was real afraid a snake was going to come out my toilet. Let's see. Uh, I would want to talk about how this movie, I think, I, I see a lot of influence in, like, uh, movies that come after this. And uh, just reading the IMDb trivia, apparently Cronenberg still maintains to, like, at least he did, in, you know, in an interview, he talked about it, too, a couple years ago. But, like, uh, he thinks that Dan O'Bannon, who wrote Alien, like took a lot of the ideas from this movie and i can definitely see it because uh there's a whole thing about how these parasites latch onto your face the idea of like you see them kind of like writhing around in their in their chest you get all that stuff and then just the fact that it's like a you know a parasite that impregnates you essentially um and is like violating your body it definitely had an alien vibe and i thought that before i even saw that he thinks dan o'bannon ripped him off and then weirdly, when I, right as I finished this movie on Tubi, it suggested I watch Alien next. So even the algorithm. Interesting. 
even the algorithm knows what's up here yeah yeah even since the the baby xenomorph is very phallic like the the slug yes. is so Definitely. the tagline <laughs> the tagline what's the tagline the tagline is T-E-R-R-O-R, beyond the power of priest or science to exercise. I mean, it seems like within the power of science, science created it, science could destroy it. They just don't. I mean, they didn't do like... an exorcist. They didn't even try one. So really, Yeah, there's no know. religious aspect right. to this. Yeah, this, this we tagline is talking this. out of its ass. Oh, well, this is 76. When did exorcist come out? 1973. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're, yeah, so putting Exorcist on the poster is probably just a marketing move then for sure, right? Like that's just a buzzword at this, at, for horror in the 70s. Um, you get people thinking about The Exorcist and your movie probably sells a few more tickets. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say too, like it's interesting that, you know, it's compared to Alien and Alien definitely, there's a sexual aspect to Alien that is not commented on in that movie that much, it, but it's there, it's present and it's like noticeable, obviously, in the Alien's design and the phallic imagery and the idea that, like, you know, the alien is impregnating people. Um, I think it's like, and I even said this too last week, but there's always a sexual aspect to assimilation movies because it's a very invasive process and it's a lot about, like, you know, entering someone's body and change all these things. So, but this is the one where it's like so explicit about it. I mean, they straight up say sex maniacs and sexual acts and things like that. There's no metaphor here of like, oh, it's a metaphor for sexual assault. It's a straight up lots of sexual assault and so it's really hard to watch um but in that aspect too it reminded me of uh it follows i think it follows is taking a lot from this movie um and it's central like kind of idea of i think this movie is it treats sexual assault and sexual violence as a disease people who are attacked you know or like experience it in some form then go on to do with other people which is kind of what it follows is about too you know, it's less like about STDs and more just about the cycle of sexual violence. I was, yeah, I, I read more of it as that, yeah, a lot of the biologicalness of, of STDs and that we, again, it's like with, with COVID and STDs, like we could cure these things like flat out. If we got everyone on the same page, hey, no one have unprotected sex, everyone go to the doctor, get checked out, boom, done wipe it off the face of the world we're just we're not logistical like we can't convince people to do the right thing or to be smart about it and then right then we have all the misinformation you know like all the insane things that happen all over the world you think oh i can cure this deadly disease and then the cure is basically spreading it to another person that's that's what they've been convinced of so I think there's a lot to just the idea of passing things along unknowingly in a sim in in a pleasurable way, and that we're able to kill each other through pleasure. The uh, assimilation episode of Rick and Morty, autoerotic ass- assimilation, is the name. That's a sexual episode as well. True. Yeah, and I mean they they name drop Cronenberg in that constantly. They have, they have the whole thing about cronenberg people for sure yeah and uh it makes a lot more sense now after watching shivers yeah i don't know i still felt it was pretty sexy like horny throughout like oh i need a cold shower after this <laughs> after watching shivers Uh-oh. 
just the moments I really liked in this. There's that moment when um, Barbara Steele's character, Betts, is like passing along the uh, parasite to the wife of that guy, Nick, that kind of is the, the one who eventually is like shooting parasites out of his stomach. Um, when she like, uh, Barbara Steele like kisses her and you see that like her throat pulses as like the parasite is put down her throat. That's a really good gross effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also really liked the part near the end. It's a really great jump scare. Uh, I, it really got me. But when Roger and the nurse are kind of going through the basement and there's the, it's a, like a wooden hallway. There's all like plaster wooden, you know, like, um, sheets of wooden plank walls or whatever. And then plywood. You plywood. There you go. Thank you. Um, I knew it was a P word. Uh, <laughs> you got it. Uh, they're going through this hallway and then one of the walls just collapses as like dozens of infected people come through yeah. and grab them. They're just oh my running God. for them. Yeah, horrifying. This is a genuinely... It's been a while since I've actually watched a movie that made me feel genuine like fear watching it. You know, and it could just be that I was <laughs> in an elevated state of mind. But like I, I was really affected by watching this movie. It really got me. Oh, especially the scenes of like... Um, the crowds of people breaking down doors and walls to attack attack you. You 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 know, you're not safe anywhere you go. Yeah, they're rational enough to like to get through obstacles to to get you. It's, it's very scary, and to like convince you to talk to you about their dreams. Yes. and then so it is. It is interesting how how it is somewhat all over the place, and that they will be subtle, and then other times they can't. Yeah, stand to. I not wonder if it's um, if it's based on who's infected because it's like if you were already a pretty horny person maybe it's like you're more mindless if you weren't then maybe you know you have some of your rational thought left who knows i don't know the nurse was pretty horny that's before. true before you know that's that's because a great i point. even <laughs> thought that she was yeah. already infected yeah other scene i really like i like rollo's death a lot rollo however you say his name the glasses doctor who his voice was so deep i thought at one point that they had pitched his voice down to make him set make it sound deeper but he has a great yeah, i know great i voice. hope he did voice voice work voiceover yeah at some point. absolutely but he he comes to like help out roger and he he figures out what kind of what's going on he's the one who tells him about the parasite and everything he comes into contact with nick the guy with the stomach thing and then uh nick murders him like beats his head in, and you don't see it uh, his actual like death it's a really great moment where the camera's just on nick's face as he's like bringing this thing down and beating him to death and it's really uh, upsetting and then you get like a wide shot later of like nick kneeling in his blood and stuff in the kitchen oh man it's it's really hard to look at i think like the domestic like setting of this it's a lot of bathrooms and living rooms and you know uh like home spaces adds to like the fear of this it's it's in areas you recognize and you know, are supposedly supposed to feel safe, but then you well, have it's, it's at yeah, it's in homes coming out so. of the drain. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of of The Shining and its setting being this like large building with these domestic spaces, and that movie to me works in the same way. Where you know, uh, it's a lot of it's home, it's places you recognize and are supposed to feel safe, but you know, but you don't. There's some weird sexual energy in The Shining too. That too, absolutely. Danny and those little girls, like, they just have such chemistry. You're like, when's, oh, when's yeah, this going to happen? Yep. <laughs> uh, do, do we have any <laughs> thoughts about what we would rate this out of? We could do it out of Olympic pools, since that's the ending. That'd be Slugs. fun. Slugs. Slugs. 
Uh, we could do it out of. Ooh. Oh man, there was one Ooh. that occurred. I've earlier. got it. I've got it. Clear umbrellas. Because there's the <laughs> scene where he throws up, and the lady randomly has a clear umbrella that it falls onto. And her, yeah. isn't and her a, friend? They think it's her a friend dead like bird. just wipes it off and is like, "Calm down." Yeah, yeah, and that's another line I wrote down. Actually, she says, "Whatever it was, it's in heaven now." Okay, thanks. I'm the host, so I will tell. I will rate it. That's true. You get to decide. Yeah, your call. Well, let's just do slugs. Great, slugs is perfect. Okay. Um, I found this movie to be uh. I had to look away a lot. I zoned out a lot. I don't know if you can tell. I, uh, it was very difficult to watch. And I remember thinking that it was gross the first time that I watched it, but I think I blocked most of it out because I did not remember that it was that rapey. So uh, I apologize for that. It's very difficult to watch. I did not enjoy it. It is my absolute fucking nightmare situation right there. So it was not, not fun to watch. Um, but I would give it... I would give it a one. I, well, I Ooh. don't think it was worse than um, Microwave Massacre. I think I gave that half a star. I'll give it a one. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, difficult movie to watch, but that's still lower than I expected. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, echoing a lot of Kill said, this is a really hard movie to watch. It is not a weed and Taco Bell type of movie, I found out, uh, unfortunately. So while I did not enjoy watching it, I, I still got a lot out of it because of the Cronenberg aspect of it. I think he's a really interesting person. I think it's really well made. And I think that there's a lot of really interesting ideas here. It's just like I said, he does not cover it up with metaphor. He straight up just goes for it and turns them into rape zombies. And um, yeah, it, it's difficult to talk about. It's difficult to watch. But there's still something to it as like a horror movie. It's genuinely scary which does not happen to me a lot with, with movies. And so I have a lot of respect for it, even if I find it pretty abhorrent to actually experience. So I like Kill. I have to go kind of low, but also because I did, it did get me thinking and kind of like impressed me in a lot of ways. I'm going to have to say, I have to go three because I think that it's, it's good enough to like talk about. I just don't know if I could ever recommend it to anybody. You know what I mean? Um, and so while I liked it, I have a lot of issues with actually watching it. So I'm going to have to say three. That's not a low score. Three slugs. Three slugs. For me, that's pretty low. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's above halfway point. So, okay. Yeah. Three slugs so, it is, Greg. Just to clarify, my, my like rating thing, it's like anything I baseline like is a three. Like, you know what I mean? Um, I'll 2.5. I'll say 2.5 because I don't know if I'll ever put this on again. It'll be a long time before I watch it again. So I'm going to say 2.5. Yeah, I, uh, you know, even though this is Cronenberg, who I love, even though this is Ivan Reitman, who I also really enjoy, it was not as captivating as I would have hoped, especially with it being as sexy uh, or that it was meaning to be because there is tons of nudity. I don't know. I well, I mean, yeah, not the rapey part of it. I understand. I know that, what you're saying. It's all about sex, and like you know, the whole scene of what well, we're ten, fifteen minutes into the movie, and the nurse is stripping, sexually talking, and then she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go make you a pot roast." 
that's my fantasy let's just cut out the rest of the movie and this is what i want to do but it has a lot going for it i think it shows a lot of the potential that cronenberg uh will you know fill into there's a lot of the body horror um sexual chemistry thing i think what he's amazing at doing is kind of taking uh and i think he does this perfectly in videodrome is the idea of like pleasure pain and like it's it's a flip side of a coin when he just like melts the coin down and reforms it in whatever way that he wants it so i want to like it more but it just is lacking the the doctor is not a main character actor in my opinion uh, yeah. I mean, I keep coming back to the, the nurse seducing him by taking her clothes off. But the way he plays that scene is just so bizarre. Just very stone-faced. Yeah, no reaction, basically. Right, right. Almost that, like, I guess she does this every day, and maybe you're just like, ugh. <laughs> I'm so tired um, of I this, think wo- it, I think, this woman throwing well, herself he's, at he's me. He's like... He's like on the phone with Rollo, like, hearing, like, hey, avoid horny people, and she's stripping. So I think he's just like... What is happening? Is I don't this even a normal... know. I don't think it's that. Yeah. I think is that, this yeah, the regular daily strip, happens strip so session, often. or is this? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a mixture of both. But he plays it weird. He plays it so weird you can't tell. Yeah. I really do like that. Um, uh, the other doctor, Rollo. Yeah, I think he does such a phenomenal job. I'm gonna have to go with. Oh, uh, just real quick, I. I didn't really like the main business guy who has all the the stomach ones that kind of pop out, and his wife was super annoying. Like I felt bad for her because yeah. he's an asshole, but she was just ugh, two slugs. But we're basically all the same of the same mind about this. You know, sons are all on the same page, which I think is good. Um, I don't yeah, know. That's, Greg, that's you, our rating of shippers. You were at three, and then we give you some guff, and you're like, oh, uh, two point five. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I was already waffling. I, I've been debating all day what I would give this, so I was not deciding. I just like I was kind of caught it up in my own guidelines with rating movies. You started but... off at five slugs, and then we like, peer you pressured just you down. Down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going six slugs. I was going. All, I was going. I was breaking the scale for this one at first. I was throwing my own slug on there. <laughs> Alright, that's our rating of shivers, guys. Um, what do we have what do we have up next? I have a couple of questions for you guys related to parasites. These are not the slugs that we just witnessed, but regular earth parasites. <laughs> so first, what kind of um, parasites do you guys know by name? I, the first one I kind of think of when I think parasites is tapeworms. That's like the one that immediately jumps my mind. Jumps my mind. I'm talking about real parasites. Yeah, ringworms, like we were talking about earlier with the the whole allergies thing. That's always first in my mind. Yeah, I always think of like a worm-like little creature and think of real life parasites. And then movie parasites are always like spider-legged, weird things. You know what I mean? Or slugs or whatever. And also huge. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh man, the horror stories you hear about tapeworms, Jesus. <laughs> when um when we first got my dog from the shelter, he had a whole bunch of different parasites. And one time he um shit on the floor. He's a little <laughs> tiny baby, and he shit on the floor, and it lo- it was like spaghetti. 
It was, is that roundworm? It's ringworm? I don't know. It's, it looks like fucking spaghetti all over the floor. He was on, Well, I'm like, not eating for the rest of the century. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. I still think about that. Like, I still can't eat spaghetti. Uh, he also had Giardia. Oh, man. He's good. He's good now. That's good to hear. I'm glad. <laughs> So parasites are the most common form of life on Earth. I didn't. I don't know if you guys knew that, um, wow. but scientists believe a certain percentage of living things are parasites. Can you guess the percentage? Oh wow. Okay, so that's interesting to think about because, like, yeah, if you go to like, the broad definition, it could be a lot of things. I'm gonna say it's fifty-three percent. I'm gonna say it's something 53? crazy, like ninety-three, like ninety-three. That's my guess. I think it's something crazy like that. Well, Greg. Greg is closer, actually. it's They think about 80% of living things are parasites. Wow. Wow. And uh, parasitologists um, recognize that they have not found all human parasites yet. They estimate that hundreds, if not thousands, of human parasites will be found in the coming years. Just... Isn't that just frightening? Think about all the possibilities. True. I don't think it has to be. Far. I think there's there's parasites out there that can take just the you know the stuff you don't need and live their happy lives. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's great. They're so like vital to everyday life. Do you guys, you guys know the story about the? It's the one that takes over the fish's tongue and like eats its tongue and then acts as the tongue of the fish. Yes. For the rest I've of the fish's of life, it's bizarre. And Greg is like, you know, maybe that's not so bad. The fish keeps a tongue, right? In a way. Well, it's not. It's not its tongue. That is kind of what the uh, Slither's doctor was trying to do. The Shivers, sorry, Shivers doctor was trying to do, right? Replace organs with parasites. So hey, there's a, there's a natural precedence for it right there. I don't hear the fish complaining. The most deadly human parasites are protozoa, which are single-celled organisms. Some of these tiny creatures have brought humans more misery and death than anything else in history, including wars and famine. Um, the most well-known deadly parasitic protozoa causes a common disease, not much in the U.S. anymore, but something that you've all heard of. If you go out of the country, you have to prepare yourself. Oh, interesting. Malaria? Can you guys guess what it is? It is malaria. Wow, nice. Nailed it. God damn. Not so good uh, when it comes to like traveling, it's but it's pretty good for if you remember in the Puppet Masters, it kills the paras kills uh, those parasitic assimilators, so it's good if you have hydrochloroquine stock. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Alright, next question. In the US, at least seventy people are blinded by parasites um, every year. What parasite is it? Most of them are children. Um, would a would like a tick count? Could a tick give you some sort of disease that would blind you? I know it's usually Lyme disease. Would something like a sort of fungal infection count as parasitic? I know fungal infections can really mess with people's like senses in early years. No, that's fungus infections. <laughs> I mean, I think you would have to parasites specify are, are a parasite is a, as a, a living being, although plants okay, are technically true. living. But like, I don't know, fungus doesn't have a soul, Greg. <laughs> but parasites oh. do. Protozoas do. That's a, I think that just like, Kale just realized what I was saying there. Like, oh, they do have souls. 
And they all no, fell they out of my dog's butthole. Nothing has a soul. <laughs> Blanket yeah, I nothing. Agree. I, I agree. Zero souls. Yeah. So what's the parasite? You guys didn't guess the parasite yet. I said tick. That's all I can come up with. Ready? Yeah. Yeah. It's a roundworm. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Now, as soon as you say that, I'm like... <laughs> and I'm never going to be hungry again. Yeah. This one would stop me from eating anything. What parasites do people eat to lose weight? I shouldn't say eat. In, in just... Uh, isn't it tapeworm? Yeah, I was going to say, there are people who intentionally tapeworm. get tapeworms, right? God. Yep, it's tapeworm. A perfectly upsetting game for a perfectly upsetting movie. <laughs> Well, I'm up for picking the second movie this month. So uh, I had a lot of choices, thought about it a lot, and I thought we would kind of stick in the same sort of-ish theme. And especially since the director has a big movie coming out right now, we're going to watch Slither from 2006, directed by James Gunn. Yeah, this was so close to being my pick for this month too. I'm glad you chose it, and I almost brought it up. And I don't. I'm surprised I meant to bring it up in this episode and didn't. We didn't really mention it, and it, it is some. It is some, somewhat, you know, uh, you could even say an an update, a remake, reboot yeah. of Shivers. Um, oh yeah, can't wait. But definitely, yeah, a black comedy horror film. So yeah, uh, Kill. Have you seen it before? Nope. Oh wow. Okay. Very exciting. It's been a long time since I've watched it. I'm, I'm uh, pumped to revisit. Yeah, it's probably since it was coming out, like maybe yeah. 2010. I think I, rent, I, so I probably rented it from. I think my memory is I got it. It I got it mailed to me via Netflix on DVD. I think that's how I watched it. Oh man, back in the day, before it was DVD.com. Exactly. I I dialed I. <laughs> I pulled off, pulled up my rotary phone and dialed up Netflix and had it sent via horse and buggy. That's how long ago this was. Are you old enough for dial-up? No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, snap. No, that wasn't a snap. I was just thinking because, like, I had a, there was a rotary phone in my house that that was there until I think I was, like, 17, maybe? And that's the phone that we used. Yeah. And we had dial-up for a long time. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week. I want to thank you all for joining us. Uh, we have lots of social medias and ways you can contact us to talk us, to us about your own views on shivers, assimilations, anything about August, I guess. You can email us at weeklypodcastmassacre at gmail.com. We have Twitter and Instagram at weeklymassacre. Kill, do you want to wrap it up for us? Thank you for listening. I have been Kill. I have been Greg. I'm Michael Murphy, but everyone calls me Murphy. Bye. <laughs>